0: Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, with the fear of God and with faith and love draw near, in just a few minutes, (laughs) in just a few minutes, but that's where I want to go today, with the fear of God and with faith and love draw near, or if I had a second title, the second title of the homily today would be, Don't be afraid to be afraid. Fear is not a bad thing. Now, interestingly enough, and I, I think this is incredibly significant, <coughs> on this great American day. <laughs> because on this American day, it's Super Bowl Sunday, where a few guys are going to mess around on the grass and the whole world's going to be watching it and what you're going to be doing, some of you nothing, and others of you just sitting and eating stuff. But you're not going to participate. But on today in God's calendar, it's the publican and the Pharisee and you're not to be a spectator. You get to be a participant. You get to play. I love when these pre-Lenten Sundays come up. Every time I hear that Zacchaeus thing, a little little thing goes off off after all these years, 28 years it'll be. And I hear that Zacchaeus thing, and I say, oh, here it comes. And then Sunday of the public, and then the Pharisee, here it comes. And I think that what we have In the Pharisee is an example of someone who simply didn't fear God. That wasn't his worst problem. His worst problem was his pride. But part of that problem was he just didn't have any fear. Why didn't he have any fear? Because he was just fine. He had nothing to fear because he was such a good guy. And the one who feared God was the publican. And he had a good reason to fear God, as did the Pharisee. But the publican knew he wasn't a good guy. He knew he had problems before God. And he did have fear of God. So, amongst other things for the Sunday of the publican and the Pharisee, we have examples of someone who did or didn't fear God and, and, and I want, I want that, that to be there for you. And what I'd really like to do is to just sort of... I don't want to be careless about this, but I would like just to slop some water on you. Just to wash you with the, with the word. I'd like, I'd want you to, I want you to feel cleansed by the time you hear, with the fear of God, with faith and love. I want you to be ready. Okay. You're driving down the highway at 85 miles an hour. And you can see in your rear view mirror, let's say, about eight or nine cars. But one of those cars has some lights flashing. What is your response? Why, you're afraid of all seven cars exactly the same, aren't you? Oh, no, you're not. You're only worried about one car. Do you know what strikes in your heart when you see those red lights? No, I don't I've never seen such a thing. <laughs> Fear. Isn't that right? Uh-oh. I'm about to get getting get nailed. I did have a funny experience. I was going down Pacific Coast Highway one day about 25 30 years ago <clears throat> and uh I was going about 85, and a uh, CHP pulled me over, and uh, we went through the little drill, I thought, oh boy, am I gonna get it? And uh, he looked at my driver's license, and it says, Father, John, Braun, and he looked at me and he said, Father, I ain't stupid. I ain't gonna give a priest a ticket. <laughs> but you gotta slow down. <laughs> But I want to tell you, I had some fear when that came about. I knew I was in trouble. Fear. Fear is an amazing thing. You're going to hear it, to hear it five times, besides all the times I'm going to say it. But in the liturgy itself, it shows up seven times. You don't hear two of them. In the prayer before the gospel, implant in this also a fear of your blessed commandments, so the trampling down off fleshly desires, etc., and in the after communion, it's going to show up in a prayer that's done at the altar. But you'll hear it five times. Uh, for those who with faith, reverence, and the fear of God enter I here, in pray 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 the us pray to the Lord. You're going to hear it come in. It's part of our liturgy. And one of the reasons I want to do this today, this because some of you, some of us, I was, I was most assuredly one, I didn't want the word fear. I wanted awe. Awe is a good word. It is a good word. But you can't ever replace, you can't replace fear with awe. Fear's good. Awe's good. You need both. And I want you to see both of those today. Uh, fear, according to Webster Merriam, has two basic definitions. One is a very uncomfortable feeling in the presence of danger, and the other is a great feeling of reverence in the presence of great power. Well, both of those will fit, but we need both of those. I've used this illustration occasionally. One day, we were in Atlanta, Georgia. We lived on the corner of Peachtree and West Wesley. Some of you know a little bit about Atlanta, and you know when you hear the word, the peach word Peachtree, Gail, they all know that's the main street, Peachtree Street. We lived on the main street on the north side of Atlanta. And West Wesley was a very big intersection, five-point five point intersection, four big churches in our house. And ours was a big house. And all day long, the traffic is going by there. And by this time, we have four children. And so Tommy, who has been known to be a rascal on occasions and uh, do some things that aren't too bright, I was worried about Tommy because I was afraid he was going to get hit. I mean, you can't imagine how many fire engines and ambulances went by there every day. I mean, that's just what was going on. So I took Tommy out to the corner. We're standing by the traffic light. And my goal was to establish the fear of his father in him. And I said, and I quote, Thomas Edward Braun. When the middle middle name comes in, you know you're in deep trouble. Thomas Edward Braun, don't you go Out into that street. And if you do, I am going to spank you. Can't do that today, huh? Perhaps I saved his life. He needed, he wasn't afraid of the ambulances he wasn't afraid of the fire engines, and he was not in awe of me. He was in fear of me. Because I did paddle his little bottom. And he knew what would happen if he went into the street. Now what if Dan would have said, "What? I can't remember, how much older are you than Tommy? 12 years. Okay. If Dan would have said, Thomas, Thomas, Edward, Braun, don't you dare go out into the street. Tommy might have run out into the street. <laughs> because he didn't fear Dan. Well, he kind of did. In fact, finally, he came to fear all of his older brothers because they tormented him. But you see, fear is really important. It's it's not a bad thing. And there's different kinds of responses in fear. Sometimes it's cowardice. I studied in college. I didn't study in high school. I didn't know you were supposed to. I'm serious. I I had no idea what was going on. I was about five years behind. In college, I studied for examinations. Do you know why? Fear of failure. I was afraid to fail. You have no idea how many times my parents got called to school. We don't know what's wrong with Johnny. He just doesn't seem to concentrate. He scores high on tests and he scores low in class. What can you do? Well, they tried everything. But out of fear of failure, I learned to study. And I did. Nothing wrong with that. I'm glad that I did. It was important to do that. There's nothing wrong with fear. Now, why is there a problem in this? There's not exactly a problem, but sometimes people don't like the word fear. They say, well, we shouldn't, Father, we shouldn't fear God. It's, It's not a good thing. We... I I grew up fearing God, and now I don't want to fear him. And besides, Father, it's bad public relations to have visitors come in and hear us talk about the fear of God. (sighs) You know, uh, my saint is Jonathan, the friend of David. Saul's son. That's where I got named Jonathan, because my brother's name was David. But my middle name is Edward. I am Jonathan Edward Braun. Why the Edward? Because not only did they name me after Jonathan after my brother, but they named me after the Puritan preacher, Jonathan Edwards. In his famous sermon, Sinners in the the Hands of an Angry God, the God God who holds the sinner over a fire, Even as a man holds a spider over the fire, loathes you. That's a pretty good quote. Famous, famous sermon. Uh, Not good. That's too much. He doesn't loathe us. But sometimes we've thrown fear out because it got misused. But you don't do that. Uh, And we don't change the text. You know, sometimes people we say, well, Father, couldn't you jimmy the text a little bit? Couldn't we slip in awe? Well, awe's a good word, isn't it? Nothing wrong with awe, but not there. You know, we sing of the Mother of God, awed by thy beauty. Nothing wrong with that, is there? Of course not. And we don't sing uh, awed by thy, or, fear of thy beauty. We sing awed by thy beauty. It's a good word. But we need the word fear there, and we don't change it because we've been given the text. And uh, if all of you voted, we went on oh, instead of fear. Father Nicholas can't change it. You can go make a, You can maybe go uh, go lobby uh, Metropolitan Joseph. I don't think you can get very far. far. But we really don't change it. But we need it there. It's so important there. Now I want to take you to some scriptures in regard to fear. I was going to do a whole bunch, but you know, time doesn't really allow that. So I'm just going to take you to just three. The angel Gabriel shows up to the Virgin Mary. And, you know, hail thou that art highly favored amongst women. What is Mary's response? Talk to me out loud. What is her response? Fear. And what is the angel's response to her? Did she say anything at all before he said, fear not? Her response was fear. And it was a good response. If you have an angel show up this afternoon and says, Hail, David, I would suggest you start to tremble. (laughs) Now, my oldest son is Daniel, named after the prophet Daniel. An an angel showed showed up to Daniel. Daniel. What did Daniel say he did? He said, I trembled. And what did the angel say? Don't be afraid. Uh, He had to say it twice before Daniel can finally come to terms with it. Was Daniel's response improper? No. Now listen to some of these scriptures. Now with, with Mary, the angel shows up and he said you know he just says hail thou other highly favored among women and she's fearful he says don't be afraid but then later on with uh, she sings the magnificat and in the magnificat this wonderful hymn she sings she's with her cousin elizabeth and she sings amongst other things and his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him it does not even vaguely fit to say those who are in awe of him his mercy is on those who fear him okay a good witness witness. from a good person the mother of god now from jesus interestingly enough in one passage i'm going to read you the whole passage listen carefully Listen for the word fear. I say to you, this is Luke 12, 4, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after have no more that they can do. Don't fear those who kill the body, okay? But I warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who... After he has killed, that's the he, this is God. Fear, fear him after he has killed, who has authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Couldn't be very clearer, could it? Don't fear those who kill the body, but can't f- kill the soul. But rather fear him, the Almighty, the Father in heaven. Fear him. Because after you're dead, he can cast you into hell. Now, hang on, hang on. We're not through the passage yet. Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. I love that passage. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Now listen. Do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. In the space of four sentences, he says, don't fear, fear, don't fear. In the space of four sentences, don't fear those who can kill your body, but not your soul. But fear, and I warn you, fear him who can destroy you, your soul and body and hell. Don't fear, because you're more valuable than sparrows. See, Do you see there's sort of a, a little paradox here? It isn't really... But you can't replace those words fear with, oh, it won't work. I tried it and tried it and tried it. Okay. Now, in First John, well, I, I'm going to save that. Here in the liturgy, we have these, th- these five uses of the word, but because I want to follow right on what Jesus just said. Said, said, the deacon is going to cry out, With the fear of God, draw near. Correct? No. No. You see, there's that paradox. With the fear of God and with faith and love. Whoa! That's altogether different, isn't it? As a matter of fact, if it weren't for the fear of God, you wouldn't be drawing near in faith and love. That's what helps us. That's what prepares us. We stand in front of that altar. No one (laughs) who's bound by the desires and pleasures is worthy to approach and draw near to serve you, Heavenly King. Uh, You get up there, and it's scary, but it's wonderful. Fear, love, faith, they all work together. I don't want you to be afraid to be afraid. I want you to have some fear. You need fear. You need fear of God. He's, he's not just awesome. He's beyond awesome. And this word awesome, it gets a little, it gets weary these days, doesn't it? I mean, how was the game today? Awesome. How was your drink? Awesome. How was your teacher? Fearful. Uh, The word awesome gets overused. We've got to be careful of that word. Good word, not bad, but in its proper place. Fear, good word, in its proper place. But now someone is going to tell me, Oh, Father John. You know, St. John says in his epistle, First epistle, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment, and he that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now, that's an exact quote. It's true. Now, what you have to understand is, perfect love does cast out fear. Hold your hand up if you have perfect love. Oh, please don't hold your hand up. (laughs) You know, if you had perfect love, perhaps. But none of us do. We're growing. We just want to grow in our love for God. We have fear of God. We have healthy fear of God. So we respect Him. We have reverence, even awe. It's not bad to have awe of God. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not as it isn't enough for fear. You need both. Okay. Then, you know, I spent a number of years, fifteen, as the pastor of Saint Anthony uh, Parish in San Diego. And people love to quote St. Anthony. St. Anthony didn't write. St. Anthony didn't read. But St. Anthony had 33 or 35, I can't remember, sayings. And his saying, 32, goes like this. And people love this quote because it's so wonderful from this glorious saint. And St. Anthony says... uh, Abba Anthony said, I no longer fear God, but I love him. For love casts out fear. And he's quoting 1 John 4:18. And people love that. Well, oh, Father John, how can you preach that we need the fear of God? Because you ain't Saint Anthony. You, you, you haven't been out there 20 years. You haven't been fighting demons for 20 years. You haven't done all that. We, we, we need that. But, but, that's St. Anthony's saying number 32. Now would you like to hear St. Anthony's saying number 33? I mean, 32, I just read you. Now here's 33. He also said, always have the fear of God before your eyes. Just like what Jesus did, isn't it? Don't fear, fear, don't fear. You see, there's that that little paradox there, that little antinomy there. Important. Uh, I'll finish St. Anthony's. He also said, always have the fear of God before your eyes. Remember him who gives death and life. That's why you want to have the fear of God before your eyes. Hate the world and all that is in it. Hate all peace that comes from the flesh. Ooh, what a grand statement. Renounce this life, life so that you may be alive to God. Remember what you have promised God, for it will be required of you on the day of judgment. Suffer hunger, thirst, nakedness, be watchful and sorrowful, weep and groan in your heart. It's pretty good for the Sunday of the publican and sinner, isn't it? Test yourselves to see if you are worthy of God despise the flesh so that you may preserve your souls. I don't fear God any longer. Always have the fear of God in your heart. You see, we need both. You need a healthy fear of God. Maybe, perhaps, as a child, I got too much of the other. I'm not sure. I will promise you that deep down in the priest John, there is, the fear of God. It governs so much of my behavior, and I am so grateful for it. I don't think I had a great deal of awe of God as a child. I do now. I have both in awe. But in this divine liturgy, with its seven references to the fear of God, rejoice in them. Let it be a part. Let it just slop over you. Let fear be a part of you. It's important. People who don't fear can get killed really easily. Some people who have fear are cowards. and Some people have, who have fear are brave. I wouldn't even be surprised if in those locker rooms today there's some fear in some of those guys' hearts because they're going to be going up some pretty big roots. Fear of getting hurt. Fear of getting... All kinds of things. Fear is not a bad thing. Let the fear of God be in your heart. Let the love of God be in your heart. And with the fear of God and with faith and love, draw near.